Amen. I love that. Uh, if, if you've missed, because I know we're, we finished up summer and I know with vacations and stuff, uh, we are starting a new series and uh, this is a long one. We're going to be doing this all the way till Easter, uh, going into April and going through the Bible, just as the video said, and going through the major stories of the Bible and connecting them to the story of the Bible. And here's my, here's my heartbeat for you. That uh, today I'm going to give a very foundational message to the whole series because I felt like I, I really need to tee this whole series up to really give you the theme and, and where I'm going with my, my heartbeat for you is that you would not just know the stories of the Bible, but you would know the author of the Bible. That that's what changes everything. When you know the person of God and that you experience him through the power and the presence of his son, Jesus, through the, through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, it will change everything in your life. And here's what I'm praying for. Some of you may be here and you say, you know, Pastor, um, you know, I've known Jesus my whole life. Maybe some of you are here and you were brought up in the church and, and you've become very familiar with the stories, but your spiritual life is very lackluster. You're saying, I, I really... I know the stories, but I, I really don't have that relationship with Jesus. There's something missing in my heart and life. For some of you that here, you're, you're seeking God and you say, I want to know more about him. This series is for you because I, I want to connect all the points for you that, that when you read through the Bible, you understand God's plan for you. That, that the stories of the Bible are just not all stories within themselves. They do point towards one person, and that's Jesus. Everything culminates in the person of Christ. Jesus has come to change your life. Not for you to become smarter. Not for you just to become a church attender. Not just for you to gain more knowledge about the Bible. Jesus wants to know you. My heartbeat for you is that every single day he'll grab your heart. That you'll know him. That he'll speak to you. That when you read his word, you'll be so sensitive to him that, that he'll break you, that he'll, he'll cause you to know you to hear his voice in his life. And I know as followers of Christ, it's easy to miss the calling of God and hearing God's voice because we can get so familiar with church and Christianity and all that stuff that we stop hearing God's voice. And God wants to speak to us each and every day. He wants this word to be alive in your heart every single day. Amen. Every day. I don't want to have a smart church. I don't want to have a church that's just knowledgeable and you can spit and tell me all the stories of the Bible. Goody, goody for you. I want you to know Jesus. And I want you to, when you read the Bible, he speaks to your heart. The other day, I was just jogging around our neighborhood, and I, I listen to podcasts, and I try to listen to other pastors because I got to preach every week. So, God help all of you. Um, and um, I was listening to one pastor, and I just enjoyed listening to this one pastor. And I was like, God, I don't want to listen to a podcast just to get sermon stuff for my sermons. Because that's what pastors do. We're always looking for new material, okay? We're like, we read books and we do things just so we can have things and fresh things to bring. But I said, God, I want a fresh word from you. I want you to speak to my heart. And I was jogging around the street 
and listening to this podcast, God just spoke to my heart. And I began to break down. Even as I was jogging, I was crying out to the Lord. I'm jogging like this in my hands. People probably think I'm crazy in my neighborhood. But when God's, I want, I want God to speak to your hearts that you would know him. That you would really know Jesus. That he does have a plan for your life. That he's come for you to rescue you from the devastating effects from sin. He's come to set you free. He's come to give you a peace that you've never, ever experienced in your life. And so my prayer for you is those that you are new and seeking this, that you'll come to a whole new knowledge for you crusty old church people like me who's been in the church forever, that you would never stop listening to the Lord that these worship songs would be fresh to you, that your reading the word of God would become fresh to you, that God would do a new thing in your heart as we go through this. So my challenge for you as the church is this. Some of you may be thinking, well, pastor's going to go through the whole Old Testament. I've already read it. I know it. I know the stories. My prayer for you is that you would take this to heart and that you would begin to read these stories for yourself. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray and ask God, God, Give me a new, fresh understanding of you. Give me a new glimpse into your heart that you would change my heart. Because listen, I know there's a saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But let me tell you, in, in, the, in God's kingdom, we never stop growing as believers. And so my prayer for you is that God would give you a fresh revelation of him and that he would charge your heart and he would let you fall in love with him all over again. And that he would renew you and awaken your passion for Jesus again. Amen? So here's what, here's what we're going to do. I, I know that some of you here, let's be honest. If I were to take a survey and ask how many of you find the Bible intimidating or not easy to understand, many would say, yeah, pastor. I know many of you have started to read through the whole Bible and just gave up because it's difficult to understand many times. You've, you've began to go in the Old Testament, you began to read through the book of Leviticus and your eyes began to glaze over and you're like, I'm just, I'm just going to give up. And, and, I, and I know you start reading it and you're like, well, how does the way one kills a goat have anything to do with me in 2014? Unless you live in Wayne County, then that makes complete sense. But, <laughs> but you know, I... I I get that. I, I get that. But I, I, I think the reason we lose interest in reading the Bible or reading through the whole Bible is for the simple reason we don't maybe understand the meaning behind it. It would be like watching a movie and then at the end of the movie, there's no conclusion or it was, it was left open-ended. It would make no sense. It would leave you frustrated and you're thinking, I, I just wasted time and money trying to watch this and to understand. But when you've watched a movie and you're trying to figure out, good movies will keep you guessing all the way to the end and, and good writing will keep you guessing to the end. And when you get to the end of the movie, you'll say to yourself, oh, oh, I know why they did that. I know why that happened at the beginning. It all makes sense to me. And I drive my wife nuts when we watch a movie because when we're watching, I'm like, what did that mean? What did, what did you know? I don't know. Let me watch. No, what, why did they do that? What, what, what's going on? What's that guy's name again? Stop it. Let me watch the movie, right? Um, so listen, uh, it, it, if, they did, if they didn't wrap it up, it, it, would, it would make no, no sense. So in order to understand the Bible and to make sense, we can't see it as a bunch of individual stories that make no sense. 
And so I want to put all the pieces of the puzzle together for you. Now, now, if I, I've got, I brought a puzzle in for you guys. How many of you are, are puzzlers? You, you like to do puzzles. Okay, you're, you weird people that like to do puzzles. I know, I, 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 I you know, once in a while, you know, my wife likes to do puzzles. And I like to be the guy that comes in and puts that one piece in that breaks open the whole puzzle. And then I walk away. Thank you. You know, Kathleen's, I've been here for three hours trying to put this thing together. So some of you enjoy doing puzzles. I like watching people do puzzles. You know, they're hovering over it. I need this piece. You got this. No, don't touch that because I'm over. Wait, wait, did you just move that one? Because I'm looking for that one piece, you know, and it's a real good cause for fights for my wife. and I. But anyways, um, so some of you love to do puzzles. Now, if I were to just show you this puzzle, none of you would have any idea what this puzzle is because it's in a bunch of different pieces, Correct. So, so if I were to put all these pieces together, it would make much more sense. So what I want to do for you is, is, is if I were to have you guess what this is, you could throw out a bunch of different answers and you're probably not going to guess unless you just, you know, just guess right. But I, I don't think you could because it's in a million different pieces. So let me show you what this puzzle is actually if it was put together. Go ahead and look up at the screen. There you go. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Are you ready for some football? I just thought I, you know, I just, you know me, I gotta. They're going to stink again this year. It's a way to be humble, right? Bills fans, we're humble fans, aren't we? Right, okay, can I get, actually, I've got to be real honest with you. This is not the, this puzzle, because I couldn't find a Bills puzzle. This is actually an American doll puzzle. That's my daughter, Lily's. Um, so I just, I had to be honest with you. I couldn't lie to you. So listen, when, when, when you're putting that, that, that when, we're going to try to put these, pieces together. See, in, in order to, to really understand the, the Bible, to, to make the most out of the Bible, we have to understand there's an overarching story and the hero of the Bible is Jesus. And the mistake we can make is we read through the Bible and we see ourselves in every story. And so we've got to be careful because, yes, we can learn a lot of things. We can learn a lot of mistakes that people have played and, and try to learn something from it. The problem is I place myself in that story and we get lost in that story because we're placing ourselves in it. And we're not looking to the future to say, wait, 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 wait. But this has to do about Jesus, not about me. This is about Christ and God's ultimate plan. The Old Testament tells us about God redeeming Israel from oppression and the fears of their enemies. But, but, but really, it's ultimately fulfilled in Christ Jesus who defeated the work of the enemy on the cross for us that we couldn't do ourselves. So we can find freedom and redemption in Christ. So if, if we share with our children just stories, we can easily miss the story. That's why I would really highly recommend you parents getting this the Jesus Storybook Bible, signing up for that and reading that with your kids. I know you'll be blessed uh, by that. So we can say things to our children like, be like Joseph because he was pure, which is true. We would say things like, be like Moses because he obeyed God. We could say things like, be like Noah because he listened to God and built the ark. We, we put ourselves in the story. Now we can learn from those things, but listen, listen, listen. If the story stops there, catch it, watch me, listen. If the story stops there, then it just becomes a good character story of how to be moral. That's all it is. Now, can we learn stuff from that? Can we gain principles from that? Well, anybody can read the Bible and get that out of it. 
And then we just learn how to be moral. If it's not, listen, listen, listen. If it's not completed in Christ, if Jesus doesn't become the hero, then it just becomes another story. Jesus is the fulfillment to what Moses came to do. Moses brought the commandments of God to the people. Jesus completed and fulfilled the commandments, which we couldn't do. Amen. My hope is that after this series, you will begin to read the Bible with a whole different lens. That you will not see the Bible as a bunch of disconnected stories, but one story of God's redeeming plan for man. If you can see the Bible in that light, it will make much more sense. The Bible is made up of 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, 40 different authors written over 1,500 years. Yet what's most incredible about the Bible is its unity. From Genesis, the first book, to Revelation, there is a common theme. It's God's plan of redemption for man. And so there's three major themes, questions we need to ask ourselves that the Bible answers for us. And one of those questions is, why are we here? Why do I exist? Do I live and die? Is that it? The Bible gives us the answer for that. And next week, we're going to jump into the first book of the Bible, into Genesis, and we're going to dive into the creation story you will not want to miss next week. Because I have an awesome Star Trek illustration. So you Trekkies out there, you want to come, okay? Just saying. Just saying, okay? Okay, just saying. All right. Number two, the question we need to ask ourselves that the Bible answers is, why are we in the mess that we're in? And there's a thing called sin. There's a thing called rebellion. And because of man's rebellion and sin, mankind is in a mess. And the Bible has the answer for that because that's the third question is how do we fix it? God's redemptive plan through his son Jesus fixes that problem that we're in. And so the Bible answers all three of life's most difficult questions. For the atheist or the Darwinist, the questions of origin life, origins of life cannot be answered. Naturalism cannot answer the question of love, morals, or even sin. So for the next six months, we're going to methodically go through the Bible. And here's my goal. My goal is that that you will just not know the stories of the Bible, but you would know the story. And I want you to have a desire to read the Bible in that framework. So we're going to go through this as a church. We're going, to, we're going to take the major stories and see how they fit into the story of the Bible. I know some of you are on vacation. You can still sign up for the story. We're going to be going, the story is just the Bible. That's all it is, without chapters or verses. And it takes the major stories of the Bible and puts them together for us in chronological order. So if you've not ordered one of these, you can. There's still sign up for those. I know many of you were on vacation. And so next week, we're going to start in the creation story. And each week, each, each major heading, each major chapter, we're going to go over with on Sunday morning. And you're going to read that. And then what we're going to do is on Sunday morning, I'm going to connect the points for you. So it's, it's really imperative that you read this with us. Because if you do, it's going to make a lot more sense when you come on Uh, Sunday morning and how we put the points together. So make sure you you pick that up and still not too late to sign up and get the story. uh, And so you can read it chronologically um, with us. So my hope is that when we're all done, you'll have a greater understanding of God's plan for mankind. And in a few sentences, this is my hope for you. You could explain to someone the purpose of the Bible in a couple sentences to someone who asked that question without being intimidated. So here's the scripture I want to bring out to you this morning. If you've got your Bibles, you can look up at the screens. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 24. 
This is an incredible, incredible couple of verses that Jesus explains for us the purpose of the scriptures. So this is exactly what we're doing over the next six months. Jesus explains for us. So I want this to be the basis and the foundation for what we're studying over the next six months. And I want to read it together. Luke 24, we're going to look at verses 36 through 47. This is after Jesus' resurrection, before his ascension. He then goes back to his disciples and reiterates to them the things he taught to them while he walked with them on earth. And I want you to see in this passage how Jesus opens up their minds to the word of God, to the Old Testament, to, to the scriptures that were told about him. So let's look at this. Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection and before his ascension. And listen to what the verse says. Luke records it for us. This is as they were walking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they saw a spirit. And, they, and, and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? Did they not know it was Jesus? He was just there three days ago, right? How, how could they easily forget him? And so he says, see my hands and my feet, that it is I myself touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet and while they were still disbelieved for joy, were marveling. And he, and he said to them, have you, any, have you have anything here to eat? That's kind of weird, isn't it? It's like he just shows them his hands and feet. They're marveling at this. And he says, oh, by the way, let's, let's have some fish. Let's eat here. And so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it before them, showing that he was alive. Do you realize that Jesus has a physical body today? That his physical body is sent into heaven? That gives hope to you and I that even though we die, we live. That in the twinkling of an eye, God will change our bodies to heavenly ones. Can I hear an amen for some of you that are grown old like me? Amen? Okay. Verse 44. Then he said to them, these are the words that I've spoken to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, that everything written about me, where? In the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be what? Fulfilled. Jesus is telling them, everything you read in the Old Testament is about me. And look at verse 45, because this is imperative. It says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. There was a super, listen, there was a supernatural thing that happened in their hearts to open their minds to understand the scriptures. Do you not think they understood the scriptures? Do you not think they read the scriptures? Of course they did. But they needed a supernatural thing to happen in their hearts to understand that it was about Jesus. That the fulfillment of all the Old Testament is about Jesus. And then he said to him, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. There is God's redemptive plan for man. Jesus came to fulfill 
everything. These passages are incredible for this reason. Jesus explains the fulfillment of scripture to them. He tells them it's all about me. In fact, Jesus opens their eyes and their minds into the supernatural work in their heart. But here's the irony in this whole thing that I don't want you to miss this morning, people. Here's the irony in the whole thing. That we can know the stories of the Bible, but not the God of the Bible. We can know the stories about Jesus in the Bible, but not know Jesus. Let me explain it this way, and I'm going to explain to you personally in my life, because this is exactly what happened to me. How many of you, you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Anybody been to the Grand Canyon? Okay. I literally lost it. Well, not over the edge, but I lost it when I walked up to the edge and saw the expansiveness of that place. I got emotional. It was, you can't, how many, I've seen pictures of it. I, I'm one of those geeky people that watches the National Geographic Channel, loves nature and, you know, watches those shows. I love all that stuff. And I've seen, even on, you know, beautiful HGTVs, I've seen it, but nothing compares to being there. And if you haven't been there, it doesn't matter how many books you read or TV shows, it's not the same thing as experiencing it for yourself. How many know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever gotten back from a trip and you're trying to explain, oh, I've been to Hawaii, I've been here, I've been up there, and you're trying to explain, and the other person's just not getting excited. They're like, well, this was wonderful. Come come to my house. I've got this huge PowerPoint presentation. Would you just come over for four hours? And and they're like, "Uh, really? I'm not going to get excited on your family vacations, right? Because it's not the same thing. You see, it's more than just knowing the Bible and its stories. It's more than just memorizing scriptures. It's more than just knowing the principles of the Bible. You see, when I grew up as a child, my parents took me to church. They took me. Every Sunday, we went to church. I grew up going to Sunday school. I grew up doing all these things. I I knew the commandments. I knew the story of Jonah. I knew who Moses was. If you were asking me about creation, I knew about creation. I knew those things. I, I, I grew up in Sunday school. I knew you shouldn't steal. I knew you shouldn't swear. Didn't always stop me, right? Can I get an amen, right? I knew those things. I knew those things as a child. I knew that they were wrong. And my parents would correct me and they would teach me good morals and and they would bring me to church and, and, and try to show me those things. Now, the church I grew up with didn't preach a gospel message. But they, they did teach out of the Bible in some places. And they did, I did learn about the stories of the Bible. But the problem is I knew the principles of the Bible, but I didn't know the author. And that's exactly what happened with these disciples. You see, they knew the scriptures, they knew the story, they knew the commandments, they knew it was written in the Psalms, but yet Jesus had to open their minds to understand. Jesus had to connect it all together. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. I grew up singing that hymn. I grew up singing that. It meant nothing to me. I didn't get it. I just sang it. And when Mike introduced that song a couple months ago, we were singing it. And all these memories flooded back of me singing that song when I sang in ignorance. 
And all of a sudden I began to sing it now and tears began to flow down my face because now I'm like, I get it. I get what this song means. I get that Jesus is my redeemer, that he saved me, that he's redeemed me, that he's called me. It made sense. Something changed. What changed? A supernatural work of God in my heart is what changed. That's what the disciples needed. I was doing a funeral one time and a woman came up to me and she says, Pastor, I got to talk to you. And I said, sure. She goes, I go to church every day. Every day I go to church. She goes, but when you began to talk, she goes, for some reason, I'm missing something here. She goes, you've got something that I don't have. Those are exact words. You have something that I don't have. And I began to share the simplicity of the gospel message of the author of the Bible. I said, do you know Jesus personally? Do you know he died for you? you see, you're not going to experience Jesus because she, she knew about Jesus. I'm not saying she wasn't even a bad person. She knew about Jesus. She followed some religious code, but she didn't know Jesus. And right there after that funeral, I prayed with her that she would know Jesus that when she would read the Bible, it would come alive to her. Because she was so entrenched in liturgy that through all her liturgy and all her religious calisthenics, she missed knowing Jesus himself. We can all do that, can't we? See, my fear for you is that you would come to church and that you would become cultural Christians where you know the do's and the don'ts but you really don't know Jesus. You're doing things for him, but you really don't know him. And we can all make this mistake if we're not careful. That's my prayer for my children. That they've been brought up in the church and I'm the only pastor that they, that they know. God help them. I'm it. And my prayer is that all the things that they've learned, that all the things that they've heard, that Jesus would be real to them. That they would come to know him personally. That they wouldn't follow Jesus just because mom and dad do and mom and dad tell them to do it. But they would follow Jesus because Jesus is real for them. And I appreciate my parents that lived an authentic Christian life before me so that I could see Jesus not only at church, but I could see Jesus at home. That they didn't live one way at church and another way at home. They made it real. They encouraged me in the Lord and and put me in places where I could hear from the Lord. And one day, Jesus opened my heart and Jesus became real to me. I had a relationship with Jesus, not just rules to follow or some principles. I knew Jesus loved me and I wanted to get to know Jesus and experience him in a real way. My desire for you is that Jesus would come alive for you as you begin to read the story. Not just to be mundane or mechanical or going through the rituals, but that it will become real and alive to you. That's what happens when scriptures become alive. You see, the word of God is living and it's active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. Here's my greatest fear for you, is that you would know the stories, but you would stop listening to the voice of God. You see, it's, it's the presence, listen to me, people, it's the presence of God in your life that changes you, that stops you. 
Because listen, you can know all the stories and get them all down, but still live a very sinful life and a life of disobedience to God because you're not allowing his presence to speak to your heart. And every single one of us, if we're not careful, can become very familiar with the things of God that God stops speaking to us. And as we read through the Old Testament, you're going to see many godly people that foul God, but became familiar with God and allowed their hearts to become hardened where they knew that they shouldn't do certain things, but they did them anyways because they lost the presence of God in their lives. I want you to come to church expecting God to speak to you. Don't be a spectator. Don't sit back and say, well, this isn't for me. Don't don't sit back and say, well, I'm kind of beyond this stuff. You know what? God can use anything to speak to your heart. We could sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, and he could break your heart down. He can use anything if you allow him to do that. And that's my prayer for you. I want God's presence. People, I've been pastoring a long time and I've seen too many people walk away from the Lord. And I'm trying to pinpoint why, why? They knew, they knew, they knew, they knew, they knew the stories. They knew it was wrong. They knew why, why, why? And the only thing I can tell you is this. They lost the presence of knowing Christ and allowing God to speak to their heart. So the question I'll ask them, I'll say, when's the last time you really prayed? When's the last time you really allowed God to break your heart? And they'll tell me, I can't remember when. It's because they lost the presence of God in their heart. And that's what I want to pray for you today. As we take communion, it's a great way to start off this whole series. I want God to speak to your heart today. In fact, the apostle Paul tells us, in Corinthians 11, that he says, we should examine our hearts before we do this, that we would not take communion with familiarity, that we wouldn't take this as common, but we would see this as a very holy moment that we're going to come before the Lord and we're going to allow God to inspect our hearts, to inspect our lives and say, God, has, has my relationship with you, has it waxed cold? Am I familiar with the things Am I passionate about you, Jesus, in my walk with you? Or has it become stale and mundane? I'm just kind of going through the motions. I want want to challenge you today to open up your hearts to Jesus Christ and allow him to do the deeper work in your heart and life that he needs to do. And so as we take communion as a church, we're recognizing what Christ has done for us. And I never want to take communion in a haphazard way. I don't want to take communion and just say, well, this is something we do at the beginning of every month because we're supposed to. Because Jesus, anytime you ever do this, do this in remembrance of me. And we go through this ritualistic, mundane, religious calisthenic that doesn't change our hearts at all. We just take it. So here's a couple things. In order for us to take it, we have to be part of the family of God. And if you're here today and you're part of the family of God, by all means, you can take it. You don't have to be a member of our church. But if you're here today and you say, you know what? My heart's not right to take communion. We are not going to look down at you if you allow that tray to pass by you. In fact, I would have a lot of respect for you if you did that. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and let God correct our hearts before we take it. 
and, and let, let God speak to us in the areas that he needs to speak to. And then by all means, you can take it because it's the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all our sins. And so in an instant, in a moment, he can cleanse us and he can heal us. And then we can take communion with a clear conscience, knowing that we've come to him in the right way. So I want to pray for you today. We're going to take communion together and we're going to worship Christ. And my heartbeat for you is that you would just let Jesus speak to you, that he would become so real to you, that tomorrow morning he would speak to you as you read his word, that you would allow his spirit to grip your heart, that you would know him, that you would know him, not just know about him, but that you would know him. So Lord, we bow our hearts before you. Jesus, we can be just like these disciples that they knew about Jesus, but Jesus, you opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Lord, I pray today that as we go and we tackle this series, that you would open our minds to understand the scriptures. We know that your word says that when we lack wisdom, you can give us wisdom through the power of your Holy Spirit. So Lord, I pray for every person that feels discouraged because they read the Bible and it didn't make sense to them or they just, they just stopped reading it all together just for whatever reason. I pray, God, that you would open up our minds again. That you would open up every heart here today. We need a supernatural work of your Holy Spirit in this place. We need you to speak to our hearts. We need to, to do it not in our power, not in our understanding. Lord, we thank you that your word says it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. So God, we need your help. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill this place, that it would fill every heart to give us understanding as we read your word. And as we embark on this wonderful journey of knowing your word, that you would elevate this church to a new level, that you would elevate every individual to a new level in you and their relationship with you. But God, keep us from being puffed up with knowledge. Keep us humble before you as we embark on this. That this isn't who can read through the whole story or who can read through the whole Bible and we get a check mark for good works. But God, our ambition would be simply to know you more, Jesus, and to have a deeper understanding of you so that we can be obedient to you and that we can hear your voice at any moment, at any time when you call us. That's our heartbeat. That's our prayer. Lord, we thank you for communion. I pray, God, as we remember what Jesus did for us, it's all about him. That's why we're taking communion. It's all about him and what he's done. And so Jesus, I pray for every individual here today that we give you our hearts and our lives. God, we come before you and we confess our sins and we know that you're faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That we know it's only through your sacrifice that we can find forgiveness because you were perfect. You became our substitute. And so we recognize that and we worship you today. So as we take communion today, we recognize it's all about Jesus. Open our eyes. Open our eyes to see you, Jesus. 
Thank you for loving us. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you that you call every individual, that there's no one out of your reach. And we thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you that God so loved the world, the world that he gave us, Jesus. So we bless this time, Jesus, we pray in your holy name. Amen.